This show was made at Access Radio Taranaki with help from New Zealand On Air. To find more local content, go to our website, accessradiotaranaki.com. Hi, I'm Angela Solomons. I'm the Education Coordinator with Taranaki Community Law, and I am the Law Lady. I'm bringing you the legal information you need to know. Well, it's all And today we are going to talk about the Treaty of Waitangi Principles Bill. Um, so this is a piece of legislation that uh, is being introduced by the ACT Party. But before we talk about that piece of legislation itself, we're actually going to go back and talk a little bit about the legal context in which this bill kind of um, occurs, the kind of legal historical reasons why this bill kind of exists. So, as always, this show is only general information, and your specific circumstances may be different. Um, the views I express on the show are not necessarily the views of Access Radio Taranaki or of Taranaki Community Law. They are my own views. Um, if you'd like some specific advice uh, from Taranaki Community Law, you can give us a call on 0800 529 878, uh, or you can contact your own lawyer. The information on my show isn't meant to replace individual advice from a lawyer. But we would like to hear from you, and I will post a few links on our Taranaki Community Law Facebook page. You can also find us on Instagram and on TikTok. So, um, there's a new bill that's had quite a lot of play in the media about um, changing the principles of Te Tiriti o Waitangi, um, but in order to kind of understand where this piece of proposed piece of law is coming from, we need to kind of understand what has happened in the past. So we're going to go through a little bit of a very much a once over lightly of the legal kind of landscape and the legal history in this area. So it is very brief. <laughs> it is not intended to be a comprehensive kind of history of New Zealand laws or Te Te Reti Waitangi and its place within those. It's a, it's a kind of very brief context kind of setting. Um, I will post some links, as I said, with um, some much more in-depth details about um, the role that Te Tiriti Waitangi has played in um, Aotearoa New Zealand's history and sort of how things have happened. And if you are in Taranaki, um, Margaret Williams runs a really excellent course on Te Tiriti Waitangi, um, which is really fantastic and definitely worth um, attending. So if you get that opportunity, that is also very much worthwhile. But to kind of understand this principles of the Treaty Bill, we are going to have to go back in time to the 19th century. That's my uh, flashback noise. And we're going all the way back, and I know you're thinking we're going to 1840, but we're not. We are actually going all the way back to 1835, because this is one of the founding documents in Aotearoa New Zealand's history. It is um, He Whakaputanga o Te Rangatera Tanga o Nu Tirini, or the Declaration of Independence of New Zealand. And this was created in 1835, so five years before Te Tiriti o Waitangi was signed. And this was signed initially by 34 uh, Rangatera, mostly from northern parts of Aotearoa New Zealand, and by 1839, it had been signed by a further 18 um, people as well. 
This is quite an important legal document. It um, recognises uh, Aotearoa New Zealand as a nation. This is a document, it's in writing, it's in Te Reo Māori, and it basically says, hey, New Zealand's a country, we as Māori assert sovereignty over this country, it exists as a state and we are in charge of it. And so it's in Te Reo, it's recognised at the time by the British Crown as a kind of legal document. And this Declaration of Independence is important for a couple of reasons. The first, kind of on a high level, is that it shows a really sophisticated understanding of nationhood. So this shows that Māori as a whole had a really good understanding of the kinds of concepts of nationhood, of sovereignty. This is signed, this declaration is signed by Māori as a whole. So not on behalf of particular, a particular iwi or a particular hapu, but there's a kind of understanding of um, national identity, not just identity of within an iwi or a hapu. Um, as well as that, it shows a, a really good understanding of the kind of world of the 19th century, particularly the way that Europeans saw the world, right? So this is a document not for other Māori so much as it is to um, give to non-Māori to show that New Zealand exists on its own as a place. And this shows a really clear understanding of the role of international law and how the British Crown kind of see the world. So it's really it's really important in that context because it does show that really kind of sophisticated understanding. But it's also important for a couple of more um, fundamental reasons. So it's in writing. Um, although before um, European contact Māori was an oral language, um, once there is contact with Europeans, uh, reading and writing, just, they just kind of take off. And so this is a document in Te Reo Māori in writing. So it, it clearly shows that Māori understand the concept of reading and writing and how to get their own language across to others by putting it down on paper. The document itself also contains a couple of really important words. And these will pop back up in Te Te Reti Waitangi five years later. So one of these words is kawanatanga. And kawanatanga in the Declaration of Independence is unambiguously governorship. It isn't anything else. Um, it includes rangatiratanga, which is in the title which is um, translated into a kind of leadership um, kind of word. And both of these words come back in the Te Te Reti o Waitangi um, where there is some discrepancy between the Te Reo Māori version and the English version. And it's important to remember most of the people who signed the Declaration of Independence are from northern parts of Aotearoa and the people who signed on the 6th of February 1840 are also largely from those parts of Aotearoa. So there are some people who have signed both of these things, and so they have an already established understanding of what these words mean. So we'll break for our first song, and when we come back we'll talk a little bit about Te Tereto Waitangi, which is, of course, widely regarded as the founding document of Aotearoa, um, and what this kind of means in a legal sense. And some things about that. Our first song today is by Stan Walker and this is I Am. 
So I've talked a little bit about um, the Declaration of Independence, which is from 1835. Um, this is followed in 1840 by Te Tereti o Waitangi, which we look at now as kind of the founding document of Aotearoa um, New Zealand, although at the time it wasn't kind of conceived in quite the same way. So Te Tereti o Waitangi, um, it's got, there are two versions an English version and a version in Te Reo Māori. And the problem with Te Te Reti o Waitangi is that the two versions do not say the same things. Um, it is... It, it, you just it, There is no argument that they actually say different things. And they say different things in a couple of really important ways. So in the English version, uh, Māori cede sovereignty, so they give up sovereignty over Aotearoa. Um, even in the English version, there is an acceptance that Māori had sovereignty, otherwise they wouldn't have been able to give it up. So even the English version recognises that Māori do have sovereignty over Aotearoa New Zealand. So they give that up in the English version and they retain some governance. Um, so that's Articles 1 and 2. Article 3 of Te Tereti o Waitangi um, grants equality to Māori and um, English citizens alike so that they get the same benefits from the British Crown. This one is largely the same in both the English and the Te Reo Māori versions. In the Te Reo Māori version, um, Article 1, they give up kawanatanga, which as we've already established is um, identifiably governance, not sovereignty. Um, so they give that up, they don't give up sovereignty, and they retain te tēnu rangateratanga, which um, is more like sovereignty. So they retain sovereignty, and again, um, in the third article, there is equality. So uh, the majority of the debates that uh, the rangatera who signed Te Tereti o Waitangi have are around the version in Te Reo Māori, they're not around the English version. Um, the majority of Māori who sign, sign the Te Reo Māori version of it as well. They don't so much sign the English version. Um, remember, um, a number of them will have already signed the Declaration of Independence, so they already have an understanding of what some of these terms mean. Māori as a group of people were reasonably literate as well, even though Māori was an oral tradition up until the contact with Europeans. Um, plenty of Māori could read and write in their own language, so it is likely that many of them could read the um, Te Reo Māori version of the uh, Te Tereti o Waitangi. So by any kind of measure, you would think that the sort of accepted version of Te Tereti Waitangi would be the one in Te Reo Māori. But that's not really what happens. Um, and you might also ask why, if we've got this bill, which is about the principles of the Treaty of Waitangi, why don't we just go back to Te Tereti Waitangi itself? Why don't we just use that in our law? Um, and there are a couple of reasons why we don't. So the first, and this is a pretty widely accepted um, international law principle, is that treaties, of which this is one, 
between kind of nations are not part of what's called domestic law automatically. So this is true in Aotearoa New Zealand um, for all kinds of international law that we um, sign up to. But it's also true for a really large number of other countries as well. It's a pretty standard international um, law principle. And what this means is that um, your head of state or head of government, for example, our Prime Minister, he could go and sign off on an international treaty, but it won't come into force in Aotearoa New Zealand until we actually pass some law domestically to allow that to happen. And in some countries, for example, the United States, the person who goes and signs off on these treaties, maybe the president, isn't necessarily the one who can actually get a law to pass in that country. So sometimes there can be a disconnect between the international things that you sign as a country and the domestic law. And that, again, is true of a lot of different legal instruments, even here in Aotearoa. There are a number of international things that we have signed up to that are not fully in force in our law because our laws aren't exactly a match for them. So this is also true for Te Tiriti o Waitangi. It's an international law thing. In order for it to be New Zealand law on its own, it would need to have some kind of domestic law, some kind of law within New Zealand to recognise it. And this is the point at which we run into some problems about which version we choose to have recognised. This becomes quite a thorny question because it's pretty clear that the version that most people understood was the one that did not cede sovereignty. And so then we run into some problems um, around how that works. So that's the other reason it's not in um, Aotearoa law as a general principle because it's quite hard to work out how we would do that. And in order to do that, you, you, this often gets kind of tied up into constitutional law questions. So we do not have a written constitution. And if we did have a written constitution, it's likely it would include Te Te Reti Waitangi. And then the whole process kind of gets slowed down and no one wants to do it. And then it just doesn't happen. So that's part of the reason. Because it's an international um, instrument and because then we would have to choose... Um, one to recognise. And if we recognise the Te Māori version, then that has um, huge and um, quite concerning ramifications for um, our legal system and our political system and all of that stuff, because in that version, Māori did not give up sovereignty. They only gave up governance. And so then the legitimacy of the New Zealand legal system and political system is then called into question. Um, but the third reason that the Te Tiriti o Waitangi is not um, the law itself uh, has to do with the uh, events that happen after 1840. So um, after 1840, continue, um, people continue to arrive in Aotearoa, mostly from um, England or those areas. And so the population of Europeans in New Zealand starts to increase pretty significantly. Um, from about the 1860s onwards, we start to see uh, law and European law being used as a way to, um, as a tool of colonisation, as a tool of oppression and colonisation. And we see laws being passed that disenfranchise and oppress Māori. As well as that, we also see some forced confiscations. We um, see 
you know, actual battles and other kinds of, um, you know, skirmishes happening in Aotearoa. And then by the end of the 19th century, we see population superiority where there are significantly more Europeans in Aotearoa than there are Māori through a range of reasons, including loss of land, um, disease, uh, all of those kinds of things. And this sort of state, this kind of way of being continues through in most of the 20th century. And so the reason that Te Tereteo Waitangi then isn't put into our law is that at that point, um, Europeans don't need it. So Te Tereteo Waitangi isn't helpful to Europeans at this point, right? Once they start passing laws which are actively discriminatory, um, that's actually a breach of Te Tereteo Waitangi because that third article requires equality and that doesn't happen. So they're actually not acting in accordance with even the English version of Te Tereteo Waitangi at this point, right? They just don't want to deal with it at all, because if they accepted even the English version, then they would have to do things in a different way. And because of these things like population superiority um, and the way that they have used the law as a way to oppress people um, and to discriminate against Māori, the European sort of society in Aotearoa New Zealand just don't need they don't want to recognise Te Tereti or Waitangi. It doesn't serve any purpose because they can already do everything that they want to do with the tools that they already have. So, in fact, by sort of the 20th century, um, you get a lot of um, statements saying that the treaty is a nullity, which means that it's not even a real thing, right? It doesn't have any legal force. It wasn't even a treaty at all. It, it, it just doesn't matter, and that's because the legal tools that they are using um, are enabling them to um, continue on in a way that works for them and if that's discriminatory and oppressive and a tool of colonisation, and it is, um, then that's just by the by, it's not such a big deal. So a break for our second song um, and when we come back we'll just kind of um, touch on some of the 20th century um, things that are going to happen and our second song today is by Tim Finn and this is Parihaka. Taking this the wrong way, but 
on Access Radio 104.4 FM and we've been talking about the kind of legal context of the principles of the Treaty of Waitangi Bill. So how do we get from Te Tiriti o Waitangi itself to the principles of the treaty? And the answer is that it happens in the late 20th century. There's a whole bunch of um, things that go on politically that lead us to create some principles of Te Tiriti o Waitangi. So next time I will talk a little bit about the kind of legal things that happen um, in order to create these principles, because obviously, as I've already explained, we can't have Te Tiriti itself, and then how this leads to the current bill that we have. So if you've got any questions about this or any other legal issue, you can give Taranaki Community Law a call on 0800 529 878. Um, As always, this is only general information. Um, The views expressed are my own. They're not necessarily the views of Access Radio Taranaki or Taranaki Community Law. Um, This information is not meant to replace advice from a lawyer and your specific circumstances may be different. Otherwise, ka kore rawa hau, a te rawa. This show was made at Access Radio Taranaki with help from New Zealand On Air. To find more local content, go to www.accessradiotaranaki.com.